0: We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one.
1: Let's give your parents a call right now. Hello, welcome to episode number 48 of Gaming with the Moms. This episode is being sponsored by ThriveMarket.com and we'll tell you a little bit about them later in the show. But I'm Nicole Tanner, I'm managing editor at Pixelkin.org, and the mother of a three-year-old. It's the last week I can say this. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. And I'm joined, as always, by fellow mom and publisher of Pixelkin, Linda Brenneman. Hi there. And editor and founder of Engage Family Gaming, Stephen Dutzman, who is the father of three children aging in ranges from 10 to 3.
0: Hail and well met, everyone. So...
1: Let's get started, like we always do with some news. I don't think we have... We did the birthday chit-chat last week, so um,
0: I think well, we can... I actually... I could actually start us off with something, because I have a little bit of housekeeping that I would like to plug, if I could. Okay.
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: So, uh, those of you who listen to this podcast that may be attending PAX East uh, will be able to actually see, hear, and meet me uh, at a panel... <laughs> in the Bumblebee Theater at 1.30 in the afternoon on Friday. It's called, like, Achievement Unlocked Parenting, the sequel something like that um, I'm in it with me and uh Steve Lubitz and who has been brought up every time hearthstone comes up on this podcast he's another podcast host and a few other pretty cool people uh, and we're gonna talk about parenting we're gonna talk about video games um and I will likely embarrass myself by telling some kind of story about my childhood so that's a big deal if you heard me from this podcast come see me and we can take pictures and do all sorts of meet and greet stuff that'd be fun the following week april 30th engage family gaming and i will be at the connecticut festival of independent games um, i nice. playing a whole bunch of board games i will be recording my own podcast there um, and doing all sorts of stuff so if you want to be in my podcast show up to the connecticut festival of independent games which is at elm city games in new haven connecticut and um, we'll do some sound bites it's going to be a whole lot of fun so those are my plugs Okay, cool. hey, nicole awesome.
2: Nicole, you want to go to Connecticut?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, We should hop on a plane, you know? How warm is it there now, (laughs) Stephen?
0: Oh, it's fine. It's fine, actually. It's not bad. Um, Well, how warm is it where you are? Because I honestly don't know what the weather's like in Seattle other than quote-unquote rain.
1: Well, it was was really nice like last week and weekend, but it has returned to its normal chilly, rainy self. But everybody thinks it rains here all the time, but it doesn't. The summers are actually really, really beautiful. Yeah. Um, that's why I nice said quote, and warm, unquote, Yeah, nice and warm, no rain, all that kind of stuff. So it's getting warmer. It's getting there. Dandelions and whatnot are growing in my yard, which means that it's getting warmer. <laughs> okay.
0: It's, it is 52 degrees in Connecticut right now.
1: That's probably about what it is house. here. Yeah, that's yeah. probably about yeah. what it
0: is here. So you're probably um, pretty good. I yeah. can't speak for two weeks from now, but...
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, so news. So Heroes of the Dorm, finals, place... Over the weekend in Seattle, and Linda was there.
2: Yeah, I was there for part of it. I was there for the press conference that they nice. brought in the two finals teams, and they were as um, you know, as an older lady, they were adorable. They were so cute. <laughs> nice, <laughs> these college kids <laughs> playing um, playing for scholarships. So, right. it was the ASU team and the University of Texas. Arlington team and they both predicted they would win the series three straight games three out of five and then um one of them was wrong
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah. one of them was wrong yeah yes. so UTA was wrong yeah so ASU won did they win the three straight in a row yes they did they They did did. okay they did
2: they did do that and I didn't know this but they have a reputation of being kind of the brager type you know kind of the ones who um, psych out their opponents. And uh, some talk was that they had actually psyched out the Yukon team. I don't know what you think of that, Stephen. Did I, you
0: watch knows? it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, I did. I, I mean, it's dudes playing video games. I mean, there's obviously a mental component because it's not like you're going to run out of breath playing Heroes of the Dorm. So, um, <laughs> right. but... I mean, there's definitely a mental component as someone that's competed, um, you know, at tournament level in certain card games that I i have been informed that I'm not allowed to bring up by our uh, host. Um, <laughs> mind games, that's actually not even kind of true. She didn't say anything like that. She's way too nice. But um, I just like apparently we're supposed to be enemies. So I'm like trying to see dissent. That's all. Um, so, yeah. The It works. Um, it, so works. it works. I, well, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. I don't know why. But <laughs> so as someone who has competed at a high level, the mental game is absolutely important. I mean, if you're sitting at a table and a guy sits down and he's all cocky and he's got a swagger on and throws his cards on the table, not going to say what kind of cards, but when he pulls them out, he, you can be intimidated. So absolutely, if somebody's super confident and you are even a little off your game, that can have an impact. You're shaking a little bit. You hit the wrong button, everything, and, and you start to lose at the beginning. You can get dogpiled on pretty quickly in these games. So I absolutely buy it but then at yeah. the same time they could just be better i mean it, it's well, tough to say you know yeah. yeah
2: apparently they were pretty darn good cuz they won it all and yeah. pretty it seemed fairly easily so wow. and they were they were fun to watch they obviously were having a lot of fun being together there and you know competing at that level with in front of the huge crowd yeah yeah it was fun do you know how
1: ma- do you know how many people were there
2: uh you know i never saw that statistic but i would say Ooh, I don't know, maybe 10,000. It's a pretty big. Oh, wow. Pretty big uh, arena. Maybe not that many. Maybe, yeah. I don't know, several maybe thousand. Maybe Google will tell us. Yeah, <laughs> Stephen, look it up.
0: I'm Yes, yes, boss. <laughs> All right. I will
2: do. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, no, but it was fun. There was a Mariners game going on at the same time, and um, there was quite a. Mixture of different kinds of people there—the esports yeah. fan and some of the baseball fan.
1: Yeah, I was bummed that I couldn't go because you know Emerald City Comic Con was the same time, and right? So I was
2: there? And you were doing a panel there, right?
1: Yes, yes. We did a panel about um, helping kids make games. We had some really awesome people on it. Mark Delora, who has been in the game industry forever and was most recently advisor to the White House, working on educational games. Then we had yeah. Katie Stone Perez, who works with Chris Charlotte, ID at Xbox, and we had Ina Braxton and Jason Pace from the UW digital future lab. So it was it was a really great panel. It was packed and lots of great questions from everybody. That's
2: great. So, it's yeah. always great so, to so see yeah, a cool. packed panel.
0: Yes, absolutely. Okay, Stephen, did you Google that? I did Google it. I'm just not finding the answer. Um, nobody's really talking. There, the, People are talking about um, how many people are streaming it, although they're not even oh. really getting into high. Yeah, no, I, the, I'm looking at a couple of different places and I'm not seeing the numbers. Had I... I, I would have done my homework if I was if I knew that I was going to have to look it up. I'm sorry. No, no, that's fine. I I I do not mean to let the two of you down.
2: No, No. that's okay. It's uh, actually, it was kind of hard when I was writing the stories this weekend to find all the information that I wanted about this event. It's not as well known, I think, as some other esports events, but it sure was fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think
2: it's going to be like this more in the future. There's going to be more scholarships and more college esports athletes. Athletes? Yeah. Can you call them athletes?
1: Oh. I guess They're, I think they would be called. Athletes. I refer to them as athletes. Yeah. Okay. So, top of the show, we said that this this week's episode is sponsored by ThriveMarket.com. Just want to give you guys a little more information on them. The website is it's kind of like Costco meets Whole Foods and it's all online. So it's an online shopping club where you buy a membership and they offer lots of premium brands of groceries and whatnot, basically anything you can get at a grocery store that twenty-five to fifty percent off normal retail prices. And they have a very large selection of specialized items that you won't find in your basic grocery store, like food for specialized diets and non-toxic cleaning supplies and high-end beauty products. So If you go to thrivemarket.com slash moms and sign up there, you can get a free jar of Nutiva coconut oil and a free 30-day trial membership. Now, the regular membership fee is $59.99 a year, and all orders over $50 are shipped for free. So if you do like most of your grocery shopping there, you'll have free shipments, and you'll probably make back the membership after a few shopping visits. So one thing that makes them really cool that I found pretty awesome is that for every uh, membership that is purchased, they give a free membership to a low-income family or others who might benefit it, teachers, students, veterans. And, you know, they've said that their goal is to make healthy living affordable for everyone. So oh, I wow. think that that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty great. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So again, go to thrivemarket.com slash moms and you can check out what they're all about. And back, back to news. Oculus Rift, which was released uh, a few weeks ago, has been getting some really big shipment delays, which has been making people very angry. <laughs> as, yeah, no kidding. As, wow. as you might expect. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, wait. Yes. I just
0: want to make sure there were people that were angry on the internet? Yeah, <laughs> I know. You'd wait, never, exactly. like,
1: yeah. When does on that Twitter. happen, right? I don't. Yeah.
0: Your credibility is is being damaged here because I don't believe that <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. people can be angry on the internet. That, I'm joking. Yeah, there's always yes. people on the internet. They um, took to Twitter
2: but, big time. And, yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyway, sorry to like, interrupt. I just wanted to make no, that no, joke. No, no, no. That's Carry cool. On.
1: No, some like really respectable game journalist people have been on here just saying that that it's nuts. It's crazy. So basically. When people pre-ordered it, they were told that the system would be shipping at some sometime this month in April. But almost everybody who pre-ordered has now had their shipping date bumped to the end of May or June, which is pretty nuts. Yeah. Like two months after. Yeah. It's really far um, out. Uh, according to Oculus, they've had an unexpected component shortage, quote unquote, that has impacted uh, their original shipping estimates. So, um, I mean, I can buy that. You're making something that really hasn't been... Made before, you know, things come up. At the same time, they probably should have done some due diligence to make sure that that this wasn't going to happen.
0: So, uh, yeah, a, a large part of me thinks that it's very that I don't think they understood the demand, mm, uh, even yeah. when the pre-orders were coming in. Um, so I mean, their supply chains for building these devices and assembling the orders, et cetera, were probably set up. The logistics on that were set up probably last year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, definitely last year, but probably. A year ago, at least. And they were expecting to sell, you know, X number of units. And if you assemble your logistics to get things done, especially when you're making electronics, then you are if you get if you plan for X demand and you get X times Y demand, that is sometimes you can't necessarily account for that. Y even by just spending more money? I mean, I know they have Facebook money, but that factor. I mean. If they, if it's even double, I mean, maybe not even double, maybe if it's only 50% more, I mean, each one of those units is, I mean, that's, they probably have to be hand built. I mean, and... Even if you're out selling to offshore, um, well, I'm sure they're assembled in China, right? So like manufacturing in China is not because everyone uses them. And I know that like that's half the planet, but right, they, you can't just say, oh, crap, we just got to, you know, like you can't do that in a month's time because they're time, you know, they they a lot. So only so much of their time, like but like a week at a time at each factory. So I can absolutely imagine this and I can see people getting mad, especially journalists. But, you know, some of our respectable James, I mean, they're paid to have opinions. So, yes, it makes sense. I mean, I I am in some ways paid to have an opinion, so I totally get it. But this is the VR. I know that a lot of people were expecting it to be a slow burn. Yeah, Um, I expected it to be that way. And it has not. Anecdotally, it hasn't been that way. I mean, they're right. Everybody's talking about this thing, and and I know some of that's because I'm kind of in an insulated, you know, like a, an echo chamber, rather. Right. I'm, I, I'm a video game journalist, quote unquote, and I'm on two podcasts, and I'm on Twitter, and I follow like everybody that writes about games that I can possibly think of. So maybe I'm in a bit of an echo chamber, but man, I mean, I know tons of people that are buying them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Well. The, all the conventions and stuff have given us a chance to try them out and mm-hmm. it's not a gimmick. It's really something, you know, when you really try it. I think the word has gotten out and people really are excited to have one, even to the point of paying a lot of money for it, you
1: know? Yeah. 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 I don't know. We, we still haven't. Apparently, we're getting one, but we still haven't decided yet. Isaac is now actually kind of being like, oh, should we get a Rift or should we get a Vive or a Vive? However you say that. I should probably look up how that is pronounced so that I can say it correctly. It's <laughs> The next vibe. time we talk, it's Vive. Yeah, okay. I
2: looked it up. I think Vive makes more sense, but Vive is the correct answer on that. Yes. The
0: Valve Vive. Yeah. How great is that. I am going to I'm going to have a PlayStation VR, but I'm going to wait at least a year.
1: Yeah. I, there's I something mean, to be said for that. I need to have a that. PlayStation
0: 4 first. So, what? there's that. You
1: don't have a PS4? No, I shouldn't yeah. I should I shouldn't give you a hard time about that. Until last Christmas, I didn't have a PS4 either, so
0: I I mean, I don't want to be all woe is me, but the only reason I have an Xbox 1 is that someone gave it to me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so these things are high-end luxury pieces of equipment. Yes. And, you know, so I am, I, I, you know, when I talk to parents, that are like, man, you know, it's really hard to afford these new consoles. I, I tell, I, I mean, I get to tell them I live in that world. You know, my, my, so yeah. and beyond that, like I have to buy a lot of the games that I review. So where where I normally would be able to like say, hey, I'm gonna pitch some of this into a bank account or buy an Amazon gift card every couple of weeks and whatever. I a lot of that turns into games. So, yeah. um, especially board games, um, because I cover two lines. So it's cha- it's a challenge. With that said, maybe I'll get there. Fortunately, it it was not until this past Tuesday that I really missed out on a game that was PS4 exclusive, where I just don't know how to do it. Yeah,
1: I think we're going to talk about that game later quite a bit. I'm going to make you feel even worse, Stephen. Sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's all right. Okay. That's all right. So other news here. So there's national STEM, STEM being science, technology, engineering, and math. You know, you hear that a lot about education these days. So there's a video game challenge specifically for students that has started. Linda, you wrote the details on this, right?
2: Yeah, it's the fifth year and okay. it's sponsored. Um, they're joined this year by National Geographic and there's oh, a whole cool. bunch of different categories and there's different workshops and stuff that kids can get into. It's pretty cool. You know, I, I think that the people who think that kids should be learning to code think that kids... Learn to code. They get more motivated about coding when they're coding games. And so this is a really good way to get more kids interested in coding. And I think that's true. So every yeah. year it goes on and, um, the prizes are great. And you know, you can submit either just a basically a design document for your game or the actual game written in Unity and several other engine things. So yeah pretty
1: cool. Yeah. One of the things that was interesting at the panel that we did at Emerald City was how many like specialized coding questions that we got from kids. Really? I was like, yeah, I was in awe. And like, I think the panelists were in awe too. Like Mark Delora was sitting right next to me and he was just like, wow, that's great. You know? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was, I was, I was really surprised. I was thought the questions were going to be a lot just kind of general, like, game design-ish questions because mm-hmm. that's a general thing there, but they were really specific. Most of them about coding. There were only a few really that were about design or art. Mo- most of it was coding, which was, it was super cool. Yeah. Monster. It's great
2: to see kids doing more coding for sure.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. So other news. This is um pretty shocking to me. So Stardew Valley, which is a PC game it's like a farming sim, similar to Harvest Moon, has sold a million copies already. Wow! Um, only, yeah, I know <laughs> it's only been out for a month. Um, completely indie, developed by one person. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah. Yes, I know. It's uh, I've been <laughs> I've been sitting on the fence, trying to know think about whether I want to get this thing or not. Um, Eric Watson reviewed it for us, and he said it was really good. But like, I know how I get with Harvest Moon. <laughs> So, if this is as good as Harvest Moon, then uh, uh, I'm going to be in trouble. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, uh, wow. Steven, have you seen this game?
0: I have. I I actually contacted the developer for a a press code and have not gotten a response, so I've been kind of waiting to see if, you know, that ever comes around. I've been, I'm waiting at this point. Um, Yeah. You know, it looks, I mean, it certainly looks cool, and I have a lot of friends that are really into it, so... I mean, I will play it by the end of the year by nature the fact that, you know, it, considering its popularity, yeah. it has to be in the discussion for yeah. family friendly game of the year kind of yeah. that kind of stuff. So I, I'm, I'm guessing probably during the summer I'll download it and, you know, push a weekend into it, see what happens. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then you will never emerge again. See that's just gonna that's just gonna happen to me if I download it. I just know it is. Like I mean, it sounds a lot like Harvest Moon, but it seems like it's got a few extra elements that make it a little bit cooler. So yeah, yeah I'll probably do it eventually. I'm just gonna get through some of my console games that I'm playing first. Okay, so final bit of news here earlier this week. EA released a teaser trailer for Titanfall two. It's the first thing we have seen from that game, even though we knew it was being developed. And they also announced that the game will be at their EA Play events in Los Angeles immediately before E3. Now, as most teaser trailers do, you don't really see any gameplay in this. It kind of looks cool and sounds cool and there's a really big sword. But Steven played the first Titanfall, so how excited are you about this
0: trailer? Um, I'm really excited. Um, I know that. I know that doesn't sound it. All right. So here are my thoughts. If you give me a game with a giant robot and a sword, and I know it's not technically a robot, but if you give me a game with a giant <laughs> robot and a sword, I'm going to play it. I don't care. So yeah. by default, I'm in, I really enjoyed the first game in that it was, you know, it was a cool experience. It was very vertical, you know, the, the playing as the non, like the guys before you jump into your Titans felt really, you know, it was very acrobatic, right? Like I was flying all over the levels and wall jumping. Uh, It felt almost like I was playing Prince of Persia with a gun. And the robots were wicked cool. I love the design of them. They were very industrial, right? Like it didn't, it wasn't like I was playing Destiny. Admittedly, Destiny hadn't come out then, but it it wasn't like I was playing a Transformers game, which is something that I was concerned about, right? I mean, because some giant robot games, the, the robots don't look real. They don't look lived in these things look like they were they, they they look like they could actually exist like i believe that that's what we would see um which was really which was really cool the biggest issue that i had with it is at the time i really wasn't much of a multiplayer gamer right so mm-hmm. i really missed the fact that it did not have a traditional, you know, mission-based, you know, campaign. Uh, And so uh, I know that they are adding one of those now, um, and they are addressing some of the weapon variety. Uh, I mean, by default, they are. We know that because some of these titans are going to have giant swords. So that is, um, I'm really excited because I I think this is going to be the Assassin's Creed 2 effect, Mm -hmm. meaning titanfall one was a great idea it's it kind of proved the world it got me really excited for it Mm -hmm. um but this game i think is going to bring all of the details out that we really wanted and i think it's going to sell like crazy because there are a whole bunch of playstation 4 gamers 30 something million of them in fact that missed out if they didn't own an xbox one right um and they are hungry for this game Uh, i i can't imagine it's not going to look great And it's going to sell like crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I never played it, but I didn't realize that there wasn't like a single player thing, which is, it's kind of interesting to me because like everybody's like, oh, multiplayer, multiplayer, you know? And then games are coming out with just multiplayer. And then like in the next uh, iterations, you see them adding a single player mode, like Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare just did that. Um, It was odd to me that Star Wars Battlefront didn't have. Some type of single player campaign because I was all interested in it until I found out, no, it's just multiplayer. And I was like, screw that. I don't want to play it now.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I, I have a theory on that. Yeah. Um, you know, let's use these three examples. So we have Titanfall and Star Wars Battlefront and Plants vs. Zombies. Right. Yeah. Um. So interestingly enough, all three of them are made by EA or mm-hmm. published <laughs> by EA. That's true. <laughs> that's not a coincidence. Um, right. EA is shrewd financially. I mean, FIFA makes more money than God, but they're still- sh- they're still a shrewd company, and yeah. they also know that they're coming off of you know what three years in a row being considered like the worst company in the world, which is insane, but yeah that's the that's the reality that they live in um I believe what they did is they made these games and they said it around when Titanfall came out. They said that they weren't going to games are expensive to make, and so they had to make sacrifices. I think that they knew that yeah. they were gonna suffer for not having a single player. And so they put it out because it was games are expensive. It was early in the develop it was early in the cycle for at yeah. least, you know. And so they learned how to make games on these consoles and got their feet wet making a multiplayer only game. Got everybody excited about the world, did a lot of their PR, right? Yeah and that with the full plan for the next one being okay, we've already done our pre, you know, our pre work. We've already done a lot yeah. of assets. I mean, think about PVZ Garden Warfare Two. Half of the characters are the exact same models, and I mean that. I'm not even saying it's bad, right? But like yeah. some of those characters are exactly the same, so they didn't have to do that work again. So they can just create a couple more characters. Star Wars Battlefront, I guarantee start in two years when Battlefront two comes out, which we know is being developed. They're just not talking about it. That Mm -hmm. game is going to have a single player campaign and it's going to be more robust. They probably wanted to do that for this one. But when EA yeah. came to them and said there is no way, no how you're not putting out a Battlefront game a month before The Force Awakens, cut, 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 cut until you yeah. until you put it out. And th- I bet you the fir- they were like, oh, man, give us some details so we can make a, s- a story campaign with some stormship trip- you know, some stormtroopers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, nope, get it. out. Yeah. But in yeah. Battlefront 2, I can't imagine that they won't. They'll have more time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that's that's sounds very good. insightful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, So Star Wars, I just want to go on Star Wars just a a tad bit. So did you guys both see the trailer for Rogue One? Yeah, I did. Yes. So awesome. People on the internet getting mad again about that. Specifically males being upset that Rogue One has a female protagonist because Force Awakens had a female protagonist, which I would argue Force Awakens had a f- one female protagonist and definitely a male protagonist as well. But anyhow, so.
0: The can, can I ask you a super, question, though? Yeah. Do we know that she's actually the protagonist? And I'm not even trying to defend their point of view. Um, I just, I, I don't care if she is. In fact, I think it's cool either way. But yeah. do we know she's the protagonist just from that trailer? I mean, they featured her a lot, but.
1: Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Like, I. Uh, it sure I looks posted- that way. It looked that way. Yeah. yeah. And I posted on Facebook, like, I'm really looking forward to another great female protagonist. And then thanks, Gary. It's my friend, Gary Witta, who wrote the story for that. And he he liked it. So uh, I haven't actually spoken to him about who is the protagonist and who is not. But it seems mm. that that, you know, she's a, she's definitely one of if not the. But she looks awesome. I love the fact that she's not just your, you know, crisp, clean, only do good Female protagonist, she's like Han Solo, which is pretty cool. Well,
2: I I think most guys love female protagonists. Um, There's just a vocal minority who gets upset over that. I guess, right? Yeah.
0: Amen. I could. I mean, I don't care either way. I mean, does that make it? I know that sounds weird, but like, I just want to see a movie, and Mm -hmm. if it's a woman, like, I mean, this is not about the people to me. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's my Star Wars fandom is eight months old. So, may so maybe a year, right? So uh, maybe I'm not as so I'm definitely not as attached to the people in the Star Wars world. Star Wars has always been a place for me, um, mm. you know. So for me, it's I'm, I just want to see I just want to see X Wings like blow shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's okay. that's all I want. That's legit. All I want is is X Wings blowing stuff up. So the people in the spaceships don't matter to me. Um, I'm sure that they will as I start to watch the movie and I, you know, don't tell your friend Gary that I don't care about his work. That's not the truth. It's just that <laughs> like I, I saw the I asked on Facebook, like, am I allowed to be excited about this right before I saw the trailer? Um, yes. Because, because I know I'm, this isn't my thing. And so I'm kind of low. I'm borrowing somebody else's universe to really enjoy. So uh-huh. I, but for me, I just want to see spaceships. So if it's a woman flying a spaceship who cares, it means she doesn't fly it with her boobs. So who cares? <laughs> and it, it's I just, hope not. It, well, that would be it'd be an interesting well, interface. Probably Not appropriate for a Star Wars movie. Yes. Well, I think awesome, all, those,
1: all those guys on the Internet would actually like it more if that were the case.
0: You know what? Given enough time, there will be a, a knockoff where that is the case, I am sure, um, given an <laughs> infinite amount of time. But I mean, for me, it's what it felt like. And correct me if I'm wrong. It felt like it It really felt like a World War II, like Air Force movie. Just it yeah. happened to be in space. And I really, that's the thing about Star Wars is that it, it really has never been a f- like a future movie. It's sci-fi, but like it's a Western is right. what the original Star Wars. Was. So this to me is like, it's just other genre. It was a samurai movie or a Western or whatever. This is, A genre straight up it's like Top Gun but like set in the 50s but not really because there's there's like lasers and that sounds amazing to me I'm gonna watch it everybody that hates it I mean shut up all you guys that are on the internet complaining about this are going to go see this movie and you're probably even gonna like it so why waste your energy I I mean that's why I don't complain about X-Men movies I'm gonna go see them they're dumb but like whatever I mean, they got Olivia Munn cutting a car in half. Of course, I'm gonna go see it.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. But, you know, what's the point of complaining about how dumb that is? Because yeah. it's Olivia Munn cutting a car in half.
1: Is that is that the new the new X Men movie? Yeah. That that X Men Apocalypse.
0: Happening? Olivia Munn okay. is Psylocke, which okay. is interesting because Psylocke is is an Asian woman, but whatever. It, whatever um yeah so uh, but olivia munn's cool i like her yeah. she's been funny and stuff so she's at one point during one of the trailers she cuts a car in half with mine knives out of her fist it's weird but i mean but <laughs> Sounds it's not fun this is but it's <laughs> just, just stupid stuff man i mean we're not yeah. this isn't changing the world so just <laughs> yeah, go so see the movies anyway is that sorry. the
1: um is that the x-men are there but sort of like two Tracks of the X Men movie. So is this is the one with like Jennifer Lawrence and I forget the names of the other guys, but yeah, is this that one? Okay.
0: Okay. But it's worth noting that they are not two different tracks. They are actually part of the same universe and they now interact with each other because time travel is dumb.
2: Right, I love yeah. time travel, Stephen. I love it.
0: Okay, that's great. The, <laughs> yeah. We live in America and that means a whole lot of people um fought real hard for your right to be wrong. Um
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> now you're picking on Linda this yeah, week. Yeah, now we're going to duke it out, Stephen and I a little bit. All right.
0: <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I mean, you know, time travel is great and it's a cool. I mean, I like Chrono Trigger, but the reality is we have to accept the fact that in the vast majority of movies that use time travel as a mechanic or as a plot device, it's done horribly. Yes, that is true.
2: My son and I get into arguments about it all the time, all the paradoxes. I'm like, I don't care. It's a paradox, whatever. And (laughs) and comic (laughs) books are
0: especially bad. Yeah. I say this as a man who is my favorite superhero other than Vision is Cyclops. <laughs> you want to talk about time travel messing with that guy? Whoa. Anyway, <laughs> we don't even need to go there. In other movie news, did you see they announced the new Spider-Man title? Um,
1: no, I have not. But it's called I Spider-Man
0: s- Homecoming.
1: Spider-Man hmm. Homecoming?
0: Yeah, that's is the it, name of the movie.
1: It's like going to the prom or something. Like Yeah, gosh.
0: but also Spider-Man is coming back to the Marvel Comics universe. It's like a pun. Do you Uh, you get it?
1: Oh, yeah. And also, he's a high school
0: kid, and Homecoming is different from The Prom. Yeah, I know it is.
1: I know it is. I just couldn't think of another way to describe it. But yeah, no, I stopped stopped following the Spider-Man movies after Spider-Man 2. This is going to be different. This is going to be different. You think so? It's going to be okay. different
0: because it's because it's not Sony that's doing it. It's Marvel oh. that's doing it. He's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. They're going to handle him. I mean, do you not like Marvel movies? Are we? This is no, a no, segue, no. I, but... No, no,
1: I do. I do. I didn't realize okay. that it wasn't Sony that was doing it. Yeah, he's this. back.
0: They, um, Well, they couldn't do Civil War without Spider-Man. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. So Marvel was like, okay, so we'll give you some of the money? And Sony was like, if that means we don't have to waste money on movies with Jamie Foxx as the villain anymore, for sure. <laughs> and that's what they did. That's what they did. And then they just gave yeah. him back. And I'm sure that they worked out the licensing. I'm sure is crazy. 50 lawyers got paid a year's salary to figure it out. But right. you know, th- that's what movie th- studios do now. And Marvel has Spider-Man back so they could actually make a comprehensible Civil War plot. And now they're going to be able to make Spider-Man movies. And I'm, maybe Sony is publishing it and distributing it, but it's being done with Marvel saying, this is how you do it. And by the way, you can borrow some of our guys if you want, yeah. which is a big deal, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. No, I liked the, um, the first two Spider-Man movies, the, the way back, the ones that starred Tobey Maguire. I really liked those first two. The third one was atrocious, um, and that's when I kind of stopped paying attention to spider-man movies but yeah
2: well, maybe they'll do a better one let's hope so maybe yeah
1: okay so now we've gone on a movie thing maybe we should add that to this podcast that we talk about movies too but now let's talk about what we didn't get a chance to talk about last week and that is tomo, which is nintendo's first mobile app i guess you call it an app it's definitely not a game it is i think nintendo actually refers to it as a social experience "Quote unquote." So we've all downloaded it. We've all played with it. I refer Uh, to it
2: as a black hole. Actually, (laughs) a time sink.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could see that for the first for the first few days, it was definitely that for me. But (laughs) honestly, honestly, now I'm I'm getting a little bit bored with it. I mean, I I logged into it like today just because I knew that we were going to be talking about it on the podcast today. I want to sort of refresh my memory because I hadn't been on it for a few days. But it's cool. It's cool. So anybody who hasn't downloaded it, you basically create a me that can look however you want it to look, but it's technically supposed to be a version of you. And you answer lots of questions about random stuff, like what did you do last weekend? Or what's your favorite food? or And then your me saves those. And then when you're not on, it goes out to your friend's me's and talks to them. And then it Comes back and, like, when you log back in, you know, it will tell you what so and so told them. And it's cool, you know, you can comment on uh, people's answers, you can like people's answers, you can change your clothes, which apparently, I guess, is a big thing for Nintendo because that's there are two things that you can level one is your popularity, and another is your style. So, um, which yeah. I find k- kind of amusing and strange, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh mostly because my style level is higher than my popularity level. Like, that's, <laughs> that would never be the case in real life. So uh, yeah. yeah. So uh so yeah. So Linda, uh what has your experience been with it? Uh, it's been kind of
2: fun, but uh, most of the people on my Facebook are not Me Tomo people. <laughs> and so uh, yeah. I don't have too many friends yet. But it's, yes. it's been fun seeing you and Steven on there and your avatars look like you. It's pretty cool. It's amazing yeah. how much you can make your avatar sort of look like you if you really want to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think mine looks like me too, but Anna was watching me when I made it and I was like, hey, does that look like mommy? She's like, no. I was <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> well, yeah.
0: whatever. I mean, some kids don't really buy into the abstraction. The only reason mine looks like me is that I gave my phone to my wife and she created it. Oh, (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah. But the thing is, is it's like
0: a super talented me maker. Nice.
1: The thing about Anna, though, is that at one point she watched me create my character for Dragon Age Inquisition and without any prompting said, Mommy, that looks like you. So that's what I mean. Granted, that's a 3D model that is much more detailed, but. Yeah, That's why I was expecting her to think that it looked like me when, in fact, she didn't. Um, but, yeah. yeah. So um, so they also, there's this little game inside of it, which is like a little pachinko game <laughs> called it is Miitomo Drop, where you can land on different things and get different clothes or candy. Like, when I first started playing it, I was like, oh, I want the candy, I want the candy, because I need candy to listen to people's answers. Yeah. And now I have, like... A hundred and fifty candy and I really just want to get the outfits now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs>
1: I
2: couldn't figure out how to get the candy. I guess so I have to play a game, huh?
1: Uh yeah, so the, the it's in the shop. You oh, it's in the, the shop. shop. Okay, so the, yeah, it's called okay. Me Drop, and um, it costs like uh one game ticket or like five hundred coins. Okay, um, to to drop to take a turn in each one, and it shows you one of your friends' me's. You know, scrolls along at the top, and you hit the button, and then they drop and they fall through like this
0: Pachinko style board. So okay, I'll I check really it out. want the ninja outfit so bad. I know, I do <laughs> too. Oh my but... god, I literally just got it.
1: Oh. Oh, yay. All right. I got the ninja I, outfit. Boom. I hate you now. Um, I've been trying to do that for like okay, three
0: or four days the, and can't do it. Here's my strat. Okay. So, oh my God, I'm so excited right now. Wait, wait, wait hold <laughs> on. I gotta figure out what color I want. I need the green one, I think. <laughs> the green one. Okay, I'm gonna pick the green one. Um, This is bad radio for everybody, but you have no idea. I went through 40 tickets trying to get the ninja outfit. And wow. because I, well, this is what I did. Well, I, I, you know what? We'll talk about it. Do you want to talk about it now? I mean, I get, no, do you want me to it. go? So, yes. the, my favorite part of Meetomo is the fact that it is the coolest Instagram filter of all time because I can put mm. myself, my wife, my kids, whatever, into every picture that I take. So, I decided very early on that this was just a media, you know, this was. I, outside of interesting interactions with some of my friends and with you guys, et cetera, is I wanted to create myself and create a bunch of silly outfits for myself so that I could insert myself into various pictures. That's why you'll see my normal outfit is rather professional because I'm, you know, I. Th- th- there are occasions where I might want to put a professional version of myself. <laughs> I, When the first series of outfits that they put out on the the drop were like, bagel heads and like a right. butter hat and stuff like that. I said, you know what? I'm not gonna waste my coins on this. I'm just gonna wait. And I saved up my tickets and I've leveled up my guy and I and I was like, listen, as soon as there's something in there that I want, like a cowboy or a dragon or like a link outfit or something.
1: Right. I'm gonna roll
0: in there and get it all. And then I saw the ninja outfit and I was like, okay, I think it's time to just make this a thing. So yeah. I sat there on my lunch break at work and I burned a half hour and all of my tickets, like forty tickets, to try and get the outfits, and I got a bunch of different colored ninja hats and a bunch of different colored ninja tabby and a whole bunch of candy, but I never got the actual base outfit mm. until today. Now oh, I just got nice!
1: Now your super outfit is complete. Though.
0: Now I have a full ninja outfit, <clears throat> except I don't have the sword, but I don't really care about that. But it's, uh, I you know, I, I think it is. Super interesting. They certainly have a lot of room for improvement. Yes. Um. There are a lot of ways that I think that they could make it a more engaging experience, as opposed yeah, to kind of a time definitely. waster. Yeah. Yeah. But
2: the, the, load, who stops, the load load times uh, are kind of long, don't you think? The loading times.
0: What, what kind of phone do you use? I was,
2: yeah. going
1: say I have an mine Android okay. phone. Yeah. On my iPhone, it seems fine. Yeah.
2: Um, maybe it's just the Android version because I've had. A long loading times, and I've had it crash many Is times. Is it a newer
0: oh. Android phone? Only because I'm I'm on an iPhone six plus, 6S Plus, so mine runs reasonably okay. I, I mean, I, I haven't had a problem.
2: It's a pretty yeah. new Android, but oftentimes things run better on iPhone than they do on Android at first. So. It could
0: very well be. I mean, it's yeah. easy. I mean, they, they only have to optimize for one piece of hardware as opposed to...
1: Exactly. However,
0: many million things. Yeah. Run that. It's kind of like optimizing for PC.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So mine has been fine too. Yeah. So uh, it's talking about those those funny hats and stuff. I got a donut hat like the first day that um that I played, and I I put that on because it was like the only hat that I had. Oh, and, and your style level goes up if you change your clothes every day. So, um, but you also get platinum points, my Nintendo platinum points um, for doing that as well. So, yes, you do. Again, again, with the style thing, I just, I, I don't know, Like, Nintendo probably thinks, I guess maybe their target market is like teenagers or something or, you know, people that really, really care about that. But I still find it kind of odd. Although, one of the best things that I have seen is uh, Simone our previous podcast host here. Her me looks like it's angry all the time, <laughs> and for a while she was in completely normal clothes, but with the butter pat hat, it was amazing. Yeah, she. <laughs> Stephen, some... you saw that, right? She does some yeah, pretty entertaining I... things. Uh, for Simone's
0: sure. outfit is really funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, she really kind of went out of the. And I think this might just be the you know, like Simone in general. Um, yes, I'm sure if she still listens, then I mean this with no disrespect i think she just intentionally goes to like a, absurdity for the sake of character right like you know she just kind of does she she's like a, a like a living tumbler, and i mean that she is with yes. love she's just a living yeah, tumbler blog yeah and yeah so i saw her character walk in with the highest squeakiest like <laughs> um you know toontown voice and then a butter pat on her head and i said you know what <laughs> That's, that's Simone. Simone. Yeah, I mean, it is. I it is. I, I mean, it was great. I really I mean, <laughs> I think it's fu- it's fun seeing everybody's kind of take on themselves and some people being super duper serious. Yeah. <laughs> and other. And then, you know, she kind of brings out the oh, well, this is this is meant to be dumb. Like this isn't, you know,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: I do have one quibble or question, which is in the messages that show up when the thing is loading, it says that you can't see other, you can only see your friends' answers or something like that, doesn't it? But if you go, uh, look at what your friend, you can see what your friends' friends have said. So it's not quite as, I don't know, maybe safe. I would say well, you see what it, your
0: friends friends have said, like their comments, their on, comments so like, on
2: your friends. comments. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. yeah, but I, I mean, it, ostensibly, if I comment on Nicole's thing. I'm, you know, as part of that, it's the same way on Facebook. You know, when I comment, when Nicole says something about Rogue One and I comment it on it, I guess, theoretically, the screenwriter could see it and strike me down from the heavens. So (laughs) that's true. You know, like, so you're all that's a standard social network thing. You know, when you when when you're on Facebook and you comment on somebody's stuff, I posted a video the other day on my own wall. And one of the women that I work with who I forgot that I was friends with liked said video and one of her guys on her uh, that is in her social circle that is of a vastly different political uh, end of the political spectrum than me um, came in and decided to inform me how incorrect I was. And oh, I promptly oh, deleted a bunch of his stuff and blocked him. But yeah, yeah. Um, you yeah, know, I mean, you're always going to be exposed to that when you have a, you know, when you do stuff like that, especially yeah. when you comment on other people's stuff. so I agree. You know, um, you know the me.
2: the terms of service on Facebook are, you know, 13. You're supposed to be 13 to be able to use it. I just wonder yeah. if some parents might be confused about this Tomo and think that it's fine for kids, maybe because it's a cartoon and, you know, I don't know.
1: Well, <sighs> you know, yeah, generally you, you know, you only be friends with people that that you want to be friends with. So, uh, but actually one thing that I was surprised about is like, after I linked up my Twitter and Facebook and looking at my friend suggestions, it's been suggesting people that have mutual friends with me that I am not necessarily friends with on Facebook, mm-hmm. which I found yeah. kind of surprising that that was the case. But yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a couple of people that have friended me um, because they are mutual friends of mine with, you know, a couple other people. And yeah, um, you know i in the beginning i accepted them because it was interesting and i just wanted to see what the loop was but now but if it's someone that walks into my cuz people walk into your apartment to like talk to you if it's someone yeah. that i don't know i send them away
2: yeah oh um, wow
0: you know like i don't answer their questions or comment on you know, if somebody pops up, there's a couple of guys that if their comments pop up and I don't literally don't know who you are, I I just get rid of it because I, I don't want to, you know, it's cool that you're there and you can see my questions and whatever, but I don't need to interact with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can block people, too. I think that's the important yeah. thing to note. You can block people.
0: I blocked um, one guy because he was posting just, I was just, come on, this is Nintendo. I don't need to hear what you and, you know, I don't need to hear your weekend activities. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I I'm loving some of my friends who aren't taking things seriously. It's been extremely enjoyable for me. And then on the other end of it, I am learning a lot of things about my friends that I actually didn't know. Oh. So I guess I guess it is doing its job. Yeah, in that way. Well,
0: I mean, even it, if people stop playing, it'll be doing its job because I de- it most I doubt many people are deleting it. And at the very true. least, they've been signing up for Nintendo accounts so that they can do it. And that's all Nintendo wants, right? Like, this is meant yeah. to be, it's addictive because you get in, you do it a lot, and then you. even if you stop, the Trojan horse is in your backyard, baby. You know? <laughs> yeah. And when they announce a game, they'll do it. But beyond that, there was a news report that just came out the other day, uh, one of the Nintendo focused uh, news sites. It's It's got like 4 million subscribers already, and it's been reported to be making about $280,000 a week. Wow. Um, wow. Even if that drops by half, yeah. which I think is reasonable to assume that that will happen as it goes down if it makes a hundred thousand dollars a month for nintendo that's more than a million dollars a year nintendo will let this app it just go forever and there are absolutely some small things that they could do that will up the engagement and give me more to do um and make it so that i can stay like adding new mini games or letting me decorate my apartment that's what
2: i was thinking i wanted to be able to move around and decorate and do all that kind of stuff that'd be fun
1: yeah
0: courtney very much wants that too yeah, I mean, this is me. To- I mean, this is Tomodachi Life is what this is loosely based off of, and so I know what Tomodachi Life is. Um, and there are there are tons of little stupid things they could let us do. Let me go fishing. Let me, mm-hmm. you know, let just dumb stuff that doesn't don't even have to be full games because it's just part of the experience. Let me go fishing for coins. Just just uh, literally yeah. let me go fishing and just have a little timing mini game where I can get a couple coins every once in a while. I mean, it'd be relaxing, you know, play some cool music, whatever. And every once in a while, maybe I get like a new shoe, you know, yeah. like they could totally do that and it would be fine and people would play it and you give them club Nintendo points or my Nintendo yeah. points. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I
1: haven't been following it. Have they announced any of the sort of rewards and whatnot that they're giving away for that? No. The points? No, well, I didn't think so. I mean, so. It's
0: not, There are some on the my Nintendo website, um, you know, so there's you can get costumes and other pieces of Kind of tchotchkes basically in Miitomo. There's a Legend of Zelda Picross game that's available for 3DS. So there's that. But right now it's relatively simple. Um, But I can't. But This is just the the first round and it's only the first Nintendo game. They've said that they're going to be four or five out by the end of this year. So realistically, there will be two more. And so. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: But that NX is coming. Right, Stephen?
0: Absolutely. It is. (laughs) It absolutely is. Uh, there's, there's just no way it's not. There's just no way it's not. Um, and, but good reminder. I appreciated that. Um, but yeah, it's definitely coming. And so the, it, it, once they get more games, they can tie more into the points and people actually are getting them. It'll be great. I mean, the platinum points are all supposed to be cosmetic stuff. You're going to be getting themes for your 3DS. I would presume themes for your NX, mm. you know, special mitomo stuff, little things. The gold points are where it's at. The only way to earn those right now is um, by buying games digitally.
1: Okay, so, Miitomo, I think it's cool. Like I said, I'm starting to get bored with it. Uh, Linda, I know that you just started it recently. Steven, have you been getting bored with it at all lately?
0: I. You're playing it right now. I yeah, can I tell. Um, <laughs> never. I, well, I'm double. I was looking at it to see if there was any kind of like I'm, I've been trying to see if there's any like it, any way to figure out how much I have actually done. Um, so oh. I'm not really playing so much as trying to see if there's like a slash played like in WoW. There really isn't. So, you know what? No, I am not getting bored. And the reason the, but the only reason I'm not getting bored is that I never jumped in full like whole hog. I oh. go in every day. I like five things. I comment on five things I post a, I answer a couple of questions and I change my clothes. Um <laughs> So basically, Mitomo for me is a medium through which I can and I check the store. Um yeah. so Mitomo is a medium through which I can earn platinum points, which I know may not be useful in this game, but might be useful in future games. And so I'm just trying to earn that to stay towards the top of the curve. And you know, I answer questions every once in a while. You know, I throw out some likes to help my friends because I know that they need five hearts a day in order to get one of their Nintendo missions. So <laughs> right. I do that, but I really don't... I, I've never spent more than five minutes in the app at a mm. given time, except yeah. for the first day building my meet.
1: Yeah, the first the first probably two to three days, I would, I went into it more than one, probably three or four times during the day. So I think that that's why I'm kind of getting burnt out on it a little bit. But, But like you said... Probably go in at least once a day, because like I said, uh, you know, some of the answers that my friends are giving are are either highly entertaining or they are actually educational. and <laughs> I'm learning mm-hmm. things about them, so yeah. I think it's it's worth doing at least a little bit.
0: I agree. So yeah, I I just wish they would do. I I, I do wish. There was, you know, just a. I just wish not person personalization because I mean, there's a lot of that. I wish I could decorate the apartment, and I wish that there was a way to like actually just put up a status, somewhat like Facebook, maybe at least a uh, little bit. Yeah. Um, if it's a social network, let's just do it, and right. let me put up a social network, or let me put up a like a a status or something, just so I could be a little bit more directly interactive. Um, but you know, whatevs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's Mitomo. So let's move into what we're playing. So interestingly enough, Steven emailed me today to let me know what he is not playing anymore. (laughs) Although I can see him on the video feed, he's still playing Mitomo, but he has I'm still trying to find the
0: slash played, it's not there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He has deleted Clash Royale. Is that correct, Steven? I did. What was the impetus behind that?
0: Um so, I, um, it was taken over my life. And I mean this in a very serious way. Um, oh, okay. I, so, but it's still funny. I mean, my phrasing is funny, but here's the reality. I mean, the reality is, um, it is a game that is designed to keep pulling you in and it doesn't have a pause button. Um, and, uh. but it has the illusion of not taking a lot of time because the matches are only three minutes. Um, so, I would say, oh, well, you know, I can sneak three minutes in Um, and because, you know, three minutes really isn't that much. But if you do three minutes and then another three minutes, that's six minutes and then maybe another one. And then that's ten. Yeah. Um, And so I um, I was it was taking up. I would say, okay, before I'm going to sit down and write tonight, I'm going to get my you know, I'm going to open up this crown chest and get my ten crowns in order to do that. You have to beat opponents Um, and so if you go on a losing streak you might not get any Um, and so I would be wanting to get that before I got to work because uh, you know you can only do it once a day and I would get angry if I lost and um, because it was taking away from my productivity and my wife at one point asked me like why are you getting so mad I'm like because I just want to get to work and I want to finish this game and she's like honey if you're going to get mad because you just want to get to work why don't you just delete it and get to work (laughs) And I said, you know what, honey, you're right. And I opened it up, deleted it. Um, and so I I caution this tool, that, and I think this is the same reason I don't play Destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same reason why, in a lot of cases, I don't play WoW. Um, you know my my intention is to go back for a short period of time when Legion comes out, and we'll talk more about that as that gets closer. But mm-hmm. um, it's why I don't play persistent games. When I played in the De- Destiny beta, the first thing my wife did, I installed it, I played it, and then. We had agreed that we were going to talk about whether or not it was a game I was going to play because she knew it was an MMO style game. Um, so we were going to talk about it. We talk about MMOs kind of like their dogs, like it's a pet <laughs> um, because they take a lot of time. And yeah. she, the first question she asked me is, is there a pause button? Mm. And I said, you know what, honey? No, there isn't. And as soon as I said, the no, there is no pause button, I was like, you know what? You're right. This isn't the game for me. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's great. But it's not the game for me. World of Warcraft, at least you can just stand there or hearth home and just sit in town and it doesn't matter. Um, and I know you can do that in destiny, but that's not, it's different. Um, so I, to be very serious, it was, it was disruptive and it was not, uh, I I don't want to say it wasn't healthy. I mean, whatever. I could have filled that time playing any other free to play game, but because it was like, Oh, these matches are short. It's whatever. Um, it, it was unhealthy. It was not a healthy thing for me to have. So I deleted it. Um, and I think, that that is, um, you know, that's the way I evaluated it and the way that my wife said it is, you know, if you're playing a game, especially a mobile game, because a lot of them are designed to be like time sinks like that a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is something for anybody, be they a kid or a parent who's trying to evaluate how their kids are spending time playing games. I think it's an important lesson is that just because a game is short and the gameplay loop is short doesn't mean that the gameplay itself isn't gonna take a lot of time um right. and so it's important for people to kind of evaluate like how they're spending their time and i was like you know what i would i would much rather if i'm gonna spend 20 minutes buried in my phone um chill on facebook because at least that yeah. doesn't make me mad you know if i'm gonna waste time you know at least i'm communicating with other people so yeah i yeah that's why i deleted clash royale doesn't mean it's a bad okay. game i mean i like it and some people if i didn't have a second job efg then it wouldn't have mattered, whatever. I'll play Clash Royale while I watch Big Bang Theory or whatever, but I, it, it was taking up too much time. So Yeah.
1: Okay. Well that's that's a very um
0: mature of you
1: <laughs> to be able to do that. So yeah. but what have you been playing, Steven?
0: <sighs> um I got I've been so excited to tell you guys about this game. <laughs> um oh. You can I have been so the minute that I got this download code. I was like I cannot wait to talk about this on every podcast I am on forever. Um so I played a game called Stick Bold, a dodgeball adventure. Have either of you heard of this game?
1: I got a I got a press release about it, but I haven't looked into it no. more than like they like, like they gave they gave me a code an Xbox 1 code too and I'm like, "Hey, that's cool. It's a code. I haven't redeemed it yet, but um, do it.
0: Do, do it. it right now. <laughs> like let's stop recording immediately I'll hu- I'll hurry up so you can go play this. All right, here's how this works. It is a dodgeball game with Minecrafty graphics. Um but it's not dodgeball, it's stickball, but whatever. It's dodgeball. Um the mechanics of the game are totally sound. This is a it's a twin stick shooter basically, um where you move around and the other you aim and throw dodgeballs. The goal of the game is to eliminate your opponents. First, you hit them once, you stun them. You hit them mm. twice, they're eliminated as long as you hit them while they are still stunned, basically like stars flying around their head is like a countdown timer. So, yeah. um, mechanically it's beautiful. Uh, I it can work as a party game. Cause you can have up to six players, um, handicapped teams, put one versus five would free for all go crazy. What I love most about this is that there is a story mode <laughs> now. Okay. So the story mode is about Bjorn and Jerome <laughs> who are a two man stickball team. Now, they want to get back to the finals because last year they made it to the finals and they got whooped. So they're <laughs> they're on a quest. Now, I'm, I'm not going to spoil the entire story because it gets crazy. But I need to talk about what there's 12 stages in this game, right? I'm going to talk about what happens on level six with no context. Because what this <laughs> okay. will do is this will tell you exactly how insane this dodgeball game gets. On level <laughs> six. You are. At the beginning of level 6, you are standing on an a collapsing oil rig. <laughs> okay. After just battling Moby Dick <laughs> and you jump into a pipe that is in the center of the oil rig. Jump down it and you go to hell <laughs> to play dodgeball versus Satan.
1: All right, level 6.
0: <laughs> Out of 12.
1: <laughs> wow. This is the most Sounds absurd fun. thing
0: ever. Um, the story mode, I mean, we I played through it in an afternoon on the casual setting. Um, yeah. But you unlock all pro and some other, and there's plenty of room for the AI to get really crazy on this one. So I'm sure there's yeah. going to be some guys speed running it blindfolded on hard mode at some point. But, um for just a fun little adventure um totally family friendly nothing i mean outside of the fact that there's satan in it but whatever um i'm sure the turtles fought satan once so it's no big deal um there are some drug references but they're gonna go way over your kids heads um they went way over mine and he's 10 um so (laughs) but it is absolutely hysterical um the um and it it it's a lot it's actually a solid game so i actually recommend this to anyone it's available on Xbox 1 PlayStation 4 and i believe it is also available on Steam um full disclosure i said it curve digital sent me a code um and i th- this is this is a bold statement here we are it is the middle of april right yeah right now stickball the dodgeball adventure is my game of the year for 2016 Wow, now, there's a lot of games coming out that are going to challenge it. no question. <laughs> Bravely second end layer, Ratchet and Clank, Stardew Valley, but a lot of these I have not played. and this is of the games that are out this year. Stick Bowl to Dodgeball Adventure is ranked number one. um so if the year ended today. Stick Bowl, the Dodgeball Adventure game of the year for engaged family gaming. And you know what? It might stay there because this game is a lot of fun and our kids are really enjoying themselves. Um, it's, you know, it's ranking higher than Poké Tournament for me right now. Wow. Which is saying a lot because yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed me some Poké Tournament because Pikachu giving Stone Cold Thunners. I mean, really. <laughs> but yeah. this is Dodgeball in hell. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> so I recommend that you play it tonight. Okay. Have well, you your know, daughter I've, put herself to bed <clears throat> and then you just I, play it.
1: Right. No, I'm going to be busy playing something else tonight, which I get to <clears throat> make Steven feel even worse that he doesn't have a PS4, and that I have been playing Ratchet and Clank, Oh, and it is amazing. Uh, I love Ratchet and Clank back when it was out on the PS2. It's one of my most favorite franchises in gaming, and I am just right back there. Like The nostalgia factor is right there. It's sort of a reimagining of the first game. It's got some new stuff in it, but there's Lots of plot points from that game that are in there. And just earlier this morning, before we started recording this podcast, I acquired Mr. Zircon, which is the best weapon of any game ever. He is a little robot that you deploy who shoots things for you, but who also says the most, the funniest things I think I have ever heard in a game in that. Death is too stupid for Mr. Zircon, and mm-hmm. you thought you had seen the last of Mr. Zircon. There was one, I was, I had him out earlier today when the enemies were gone pretty quickly, and so I was just smashing my crates to get my bolts, and Mr. Zircon's like, Mr. Zircon is bored. <laughs> <laughs> like, Why are you smashing crates? Let's go shoot something. I was just like, oh, I love this game. I love it so much. It is... <clears throat> everything that you remember with very, very pretty graphics. And, uh, you basically can't get better than that. And the movie, the movie is coming out at the end of April, which I totally plan to go see that movie as well. Cool. Um, and that's pretty much been what I've been playing, you know, other than Hearthstone, but I don't even need to mention that. (laughs) I don't
0: think anymore. Well, Thank thank you for making me feel bad, Nicole. I appreciate that. Although listeners, my birthday's in November. So if you don't want to take care of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll try to stop posting stuff about it so much on Twitter and
0: Facebook. Totally okay. <laughs> nah. You have you have to promote the game, or you have to promote your enjoyment of the game. You have you have a job to do. I will just be all over here, like you know, listening to Lincoln Park or whatever, and just kind of, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah.
1: <sighs> um, okay, so that's me, Linda. What have you been playing? I've been playing cook
2: meals for house guests. Um, actually, oh. <laughs> no, I've had a lot of house guests this week. I don't know why. It's just like they all arrived at the same time. Um, well, you
1: could try to do it cooking mama style.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I could try that. Um, no. So I haven't been playing very many things besides, um, checking out Mitomo Mi- and some yeah. phone games that, you know, Alpha Bear. I still play that way too much. <laughs> But, um, fortunately I try to, you know, ration myself a little bit and like Steven, I think what you were saying about watching how you relate to games and managing that responsibly is like key, right? Mm. You really, yeah. these, these games can be so much fun and so great that you really do have to watch how much time you spend on them. It's like anything yep. in life. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Thanks so much for listening. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, you can send those to hello at pixelkin.org. Linda and I are from Pixelkin. Our website is pixelkin.org. We talk about everything gaming that you could want to know as a parent. So hardcore games that you want to play for yourselves, apps for your kids, all that kind of stuff, we talk about it. And you can find us on Facebook at Simply Pixelkin. And you can find us on Twitter at Pixelkin underscore org. Steven is editor and founder of EngageFamilyGaming.com, and he's got lots of stuff going on. Steven, tell us where we can
0: find you. Thanks, Nicole. Uh, You can reach me on Twitter at EFGaming. You can can also search out my other podcast if you want to hear me uh, talk to other people. Uh, That's called Engage, a family gaming podcast. You can find that on iTunes and Stitcher. And uh, I also highly recommend that everybody join our community Facebook page, which is on, uh, you can find that easily with engagefamilygaming.com slash community. We talk, we give parents advice and we're a group of people. We talk about various games and, you know, just we, we share memes like Nicole talks about a lot, which is a whole lot of fun. But we we really get into the, into the weeds about you know, literacy and games based learning, et cetera.
1: Yes, yeah. it's very, very cool um so so real quickly i haven't done this in a while but if you're subscribed on itunes please leave us a review um because that helps more people find us um if you're listening on overcast you have the ability to recommend individual episodes on twitter so we hope that you will do that as well and our network is blog talk radio you can follow us on there and they have tons and tons of podcasts you can probably find something else on there that you will like as well So that's going to wrap it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening and we'll be back with you next week. Bye.
2: Bye.